Get ready for the world's greatest Arsenal podcast. Welcome to another podcast by Guns and Yellow Ribbons. Enjoy the show. callers lined up who are going to be joining us so if you do want to get in get in soon have five minutes have a talk about the uh, about the season hopefully a positive conversation that's what we'd like but you know it's an open forum people can say what they want but Trev's got the mute button <laughs> Trev, <laughs> how, are you, how are you doing Trev? I'm all my I'm all right mate I'm really good evening Charles evening, evening Mike Feinberg everybody um season's over Ferguson me to start off with, but Fergus has told me to shut up because he wants to talk to you about what happened on Sunday at the Everton game. He wants to review it with you. So I'll pass yeah. it over to Fergus now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thank you, mate. Thank you, mate. <laughs> Unfortunately, I have um, very little recollection uh, of it because if anybody has seen um, seen uh, me in on the Arsenal fan forum, they'll see I was extremely inebriated on the day. Um, so, yeah, listen... Uh, let me just, before we go, so people, there are a couple of people lined up. Uh, before we uh, start on to that, I just want to um, share a screen with you. So if you go to gunsandyellowribbons.com uh, website, click in the top right-hand corner. I got it right this time. And click on join the show. You can join the show. And when you're in there, just click on private chat and we will um, send you a message to say when you're up next. A couple of people are waiting already. Uh, so let's stop that. Um, Trev. What a day! Eleven o'clock. We met you in um, we met you in uh, King's Cross, and uh, we had a walkabout, didn't we? Yeah, we, it was a cracking day, wasn't it, Ferg? You know, it, it, for me, it wasn't so much about the football. It would it would have been lovely if, it, if the results had gone our way, but I don't think anybody that knows anything about football expected it to happen. So we were determined to have a good day, and that we had, didn't we, Ferg? We had a wonderful day. Um, we we beat we we won five one against a very average Everton side. How we lost to them up there, I still cannot figure it out, you know. But we had a good win. Um, we had a good sing song. We had a good laugh, and we got very drunk, and we all had hangovers yesterday. So, all in all, a cracking day, Ferg. Trev, to be honest, I think I've still got a hangover today. It, it, it felt like that my feet are still sore. I think it was 13,000 steps. Um, so, yeah, it was it was a bit. Listen, we, we met some of the guys. We met uh, some of the other podcasting people, including uh, Magic Mike and Ross and uh, lots of people down the tolly. Uh, we had a couple of pints there. And then we moved around the corner to, to Tommy Flynn's. And a friend of the show, uh, Jar Ryder, uh, was up there. And uh, he dragged you up to sing, didn't he? No, just, just, just. Well, slightly, I think. Yeah, I can't remember really. But, yeah. <laughs> but the the riders of the night are, are, are worth listening to. The, the, all the old boys get in and watch them, and uh, you meet up with some great people. And we had a right good sing song, didn't we? And uh, the beer was flowing really well. So yeah, that that made that. I think that set it up then for the rest of the day. You know, we just got on it and and stayed on it. Um, I, I I know you want me to review the game against Seven Fergus, so I'll do it very quickly. It, it, it don't take long, does it? Everton didn't look that interested. 
We won 5-1. Their goal was a silly goal we gave away. We got fifth place in the league. We're going to expand on that a bit later when we have our people on talking about it. I know we are. Hopefully, we'll have some good discussion. I don't want any arguments, but I know we can have some differing views. But that's what we're all about, isn't it? Discussing differing views sensibly and uh, and putting our point across, Ferg. Yeah, yeah, no, no, exactly, exactly. Look, the, the Everton game, uh, it was more about the atmosphere in the stadium. The Ashburton Army down the clock end, I'm going to show you a quick video. The Ashburton Army, some people criticise this song because they think it's a Liverpool song, but every team seems to have their version of it. Uh, they were in full voice. And fair play to them, credit to these guys for what they've done and how they've worked with the club and the police and the stewards to organise what they're doing down there. Just have a quick look at this. Yeah, it, it it was it was outstanding what they've done down there. And uh, Mike was down in, in my son also was down in um, in that area, and it was fantastic. What stands out in that video for me more than anything else is uh, that young boy that's standing there. That's maybe his first or second um, first or second game that he's been to, and he's seen that atmosphere, and that's what he's going to grow up and live uh, and and learn about. Yeah, it, it's interesting, Fergie, in that. People don't realise them young lads, they've not just jumped in there and done that. They, they, they had a real hard time when they were first trying to set up a bit of a singing area down there. They, they, they met with a lot of resistance, but they stuck with it and they've got organised and they've talked to the right people. And, and, and now they're making an impression and, you know, like it or love it, I love it. I absolutely love it. I'm so proud of them young lads. You know, they definitely lifted the atmosphere. And the point was, what was really interesting, mate, was... And you wouldn't have known this, Berg. At the end of the game, if the players do a lap of honour, they've always gone clock end first, round the east stand and back round the north bank. Well, they didn't. They went the other way this time. They saved the Ashburton Army in the clock end till last. And rightfully so. Rightfully so. Them boys have been amazing all season. And I'm proud of them. Um, looking at the Everton game, the, the thing that stuck out for me was the haze. Um, the atmosphere in the stadium was fantastic. Northland Forever has taken off really, really well um, and is becoming definitely a, a club song and an anthem, um, which is uh, brilliant. Um, but five different goal scorers, um, a, a penalty for Martinelli. I was gone, we hate VAR when I thought it was down the, the wrong end because that's how drunk I was. But um, hey, <laughs> but uh, Eddie got another goal. Suarez got a goal. Gabriel and Odegaard. It was a bit of a walk in the park, as you said. They're not a great Everton side. Um, they were quite lucky, really, to, to to survive the drop. Anything to add on the the Everton game? And we'll um, we'll bring on our first first guest if you're if you're ready. No, I was uh, nothing else to add. Um, just a great day and a win, and uh, finish fifth, and that's it. You know. Uh, right. Okay. So the first um, first one we've got is Gunnar Ross. Now Ross does like to talk, so I'm <laughs> almost tempted. I'm almost tempted to set a timer on here for you, Ross. So yeah, Trev will call the shots when you're going. So 
Welcome to the show, Ross. How are you doing? Good evening, gents. Lovely to see you again. Sober. <laughs> <laughs> I was sober when we first met you? on Saturday. I, I'm very well. I was a, a bit similar, really. I was a bit hungover till probably later day, later in the day on uh, Monday. I was feeling not not bad headache. I just felt, you know, when you know you've had a lot, a nice drink, yeah. and you've got that sort of bit a bit, bit depressed feel about yourself, but. No, I'm all good. I'm looking forward to talking uh, to you, chaps. Um, you actually missed Kevin Campbell. He came in the toilet and just after you went. So uh, you you weren't there when he was there, were you? No, no, no. Oh, no, no I didn't, didn't go off. Mate, mate, that man's a legend. He he was at selfies. He was talking to all the people. Told a few people off for not saying please, like he always does when they say, can I have a selfie? And he says, please, say please, and then I'll, <laughs> I'll oblige. But uh, yeah, no, it was it was a it was a great great finale to the uh, end of the season. A lovely sunny day at the home of football. Um, uh, what you're saying about the Ashburton Army there? I remember when we went to a pre-season friendly at Boreham Wood a few years ago, and there was about four lads there with a drum, and that was the start of it. I think that was the the, the very start of it when the, and they said, "Would you?" Uh, that was asking questions, really, of a few of the older ones about what do you think about drums and things like that. And we said, yeah, go for it. Yeah, make some noise. I think that the atmosphere has improved out of all recognition since uh, those lads have done that. I, I love it. I love it. They are a rowdy bunch, aren't they? Very rowdy. You see, Russ, the thing is, right, with the atmosphere, firstly, mate, I'm with, I stayed in. I stayed over. I didn't get home until Monday morning, mate. Yeah. I was in a right mess yesterday. As you say, just just felt like I weighed about 14 tonne. You know, yeah, I just couldn't it, move yeah. anything. I was done. But, you know, regardless of what you think of anything else, a, an improving atmosphere in a football ground can't be bad. It's not bad. Whatever type of play, you know, whatever type of players you've got, whatever type of fans you've got, whatever, whatever, a big, strong atmosphere like we've created yeah. this year is never bad. Can't be bad in my view. Yeah. Uh, and it hasn't because the team's been fantastic, isn't it? It's just been a coming together of all the fans with a positive vibe in the stadium. Listen, there's a lot of negativity from yours truly as well outside the stadium, but inside the stadium, we're all like pushing the yeah. team as hard as we can to get the very, very last ounce of energy out of them. And I think the, yeah. I think they love it. I think the players have actually responded to it. I know some of them aren't my favourites and your favourites, like of, of old, but, you know, I think they are trying. I think they're trying hard and I think they're, they're doing their best and that's all you can ask them once they put the red and white shirt on. Yeah. Ross, if I was to ask you what your favourite game this season was, what would you say your favourite game was? Oh, Chelsea away, without a shadow of a doubt. Chelsea away was magnificent. That was the banter, the, the, the unexpectedness of the result. I mean... When we got the two all there a couple of years ago, when uh, we had we were about ten men and Martinelli run the length for the pitch to score, I mean the atmosphere that night was fantastic. But this was another level again. I mean it's just incredible the the togetherness of the fans, the much criticised Super Mick Arteta song. Uh, no, it was it was it was wonderful. Uh, yeah. If you'd have asked me at the start of the season what my I, I actually said to someone today, I went through um, all the fixtures and all the all the possible permutations of things that could happen beginning of the season with African Cup of Nations, with the COVID, with all the different things going on. And I came up with a points tally and I, I, I estimated we would be 
maybe around eighth or seventh a game with about 57 points. That's what I estimated. So the team, when I look back, has overachieved on what I thought they were going to do. So I'm pleased about that. But what I am miffed about is the lack of uh, investment in January, which just went on and kicked us in the arse, really. And uh, we, 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 probably, just... we probably did pay the price for that, Russ, a little bit, I suppose, because um, Eddie has stepped up, in fairness. I'm not a fantastic player, in my view, yeah. but he's wearing a red and white shirt, so he gets my support. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, he's stepped up and he's, he's got a, a fair few goals in those latter few games. And I think it yeah. was the Chelsea game that you talk about is where he really kicked into gear from there yeah, on he in. He actually frightened them, um, didn't he? With his pace, he actually yeah. frightened them. Yeah, he did. Yeah. And I was speaking to a Leeds fan today and uh, I said that we were very, very um, disappointed with his lack of game time when he was at, at Leeds, when he was on loan there. And uh, he said, because his, his, his term, bam, bang, was, you know, he couldn't get in the, in the team the way Bielsa wanted to play because Patrick Bamford actually helps with the build-up play. He helps with the pressing. He helps with all that stuff, which is probably why he gets injured. And, uh, and he said, and then Eddie and Ketty didn't fit that didn't fit that mould, so that's why he didn't get the game time. He said, but there is a rumour. I don't know if it... I've heard today we might be re-signing Eddie. I don't know if that's true. But he said that Leeds fancied him. They fancied to take him back on a permanent deal now because he's going to be free. And they, this Leeds fan said to me that they, he thought that would be good business because, yeah, disappointing for me the way Leeds went about that because if they weren't going to use him, he could have gone to Norwich, he could have gone to Middlesbrough, Sheffield United, you know, a good club with good atmosphere and good fans. And we, we might have seen his development come on a little bit quicker because... We've now seen that he can score goals. He might not be the answer for us, but he's had a run in the team now and he, he has scored a few goals. So, you know, it's a difficult one, ain't it? It's a difficult well, one. I, 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 I suppose the final uh, thought on Eddie, um, and Trev, you might want to comment on this as well, is if we are signing Eddie back on a contract again, yeah, he's uh, a hell-end boy and everything else. As long as the contract is sensible and it's not like, you know, a stupidly huge signing on fee and a stupid yeah. wage every uh, every week. Uh, and that he gets uh, performance-related pay and, you know, he gets he gets uh, paid you know, to score goals. Trev, your thoughts on that? Well, I'm glad Russ stopped talking when he did because I was trying to write down the points you raised, mate, and I've got to about 20. But, you, <laughs> Russ, you, you are exactly right about the, the having the small squad did cost us eventually. And that was, that was so evident at uh, Newcastle last Monday. You yeah. know as well as me that the seats at Newcastle sit very high above the pitch. And you're looking down on the Arsenal team, the young lads, and from the very start, they just didn't have any energy. They just did not want to... They, they, maybe they wanted to, they just couldn't, didn't have the physicality to match Newcastle up. And in yeah. fairness to Eddie, he was one of the bright lights on Monday at Newcastle. He put himself about, he ran his socks off a bit. But I have got my doubts on if he's good enough. And yeah, just before yeah. we move on, Fergus, just before we move on, it's, it's, Russ raises a very interesting point about the January transfer window. And we've got Kai coming on soon. So I'm, I'm really looking forward to getting, getting Kai's view on this, right? In the January transfer window, we didn't buy anybody, right? And, and we went with the small squad and it backfired. But we were told that the right players weren't available and that we weren't going to buy players that wouldn't it wouldn't improve us, right? So in January, I've accepted that. Some people don't, some people do. 
I accepted that and we've gone through the rest of the season and having a small squad has bitten us on the backside. Now, this summer, I'm expecting a lot more. I won't take that excuse again this summer. No. If we go into next season and they're saying, oh, we've only bought one striker because, because that was all that was available and we didn't want to buy a second rate. I'm not having that next season. I'm not having it because we've, we've had a long, long time to, to focus on people. So it's, this summer is make or break for me. This summer really is make or break for me. And the other thing is, Trevor, as well, if Champions League was so important for us to get our targets in the summer, then it was very important that we did something, at least one player in, in, the, in the winter transfer window to ensure we got the Champions League to make those targets available. Because there are certain players who won't come unless you've got Champions League football. So, you know, I... I, I, I think that was a real, really big missed opportunity because next year it's going to be really difficult with Newcastle investing, West Ham investing again. Chelsea, have, I've, been, I've been told today, have had their deal with uh, Bowley. Um, it's all been signed off, yeah. Yeah, so that's going to be another, another player, another player in, in, the, in the top four race. So, yeah, difficult. Yeah. I'll, I'll... Russ, we... we... We've got them stacking up here. We've got Lawrence already, uh, if he doesn't choke, um, he's going to start talking. Um, Russ, thank you for your support over over the um, over the year, uh, watching no, the podcast. Pleasure. It's been great having a beer with you, meeting up with you, mate. Um, yeah. Have a great summer. You know yeah, where I, I am. You know we can we can meet for a beer um, in, in the summer. We're not very far away from you, so just give us a shout. I'll get him, Lawrence. Can hook up. <laughs> Take care, Russ. Have a, Russ, have a great summer, mate. Have a great summer. Looking forward to next season, son. All yeah, the best, that. mate. Take right. care, mate. Take care. Lawrence, welcome to the show, mate. How are you doing? Now we Lawrence. can't hear us. Uh, you need to put your mic... Oh, oh, hang on. Let's put your microphone on. on are you on, doing on it, your microphone. Yeah, do it. I've done it. Oh, no, I can't do it. Can you hear me? Can you hear me? I can hear you now. Yeah, can hear you now. Come on. Right. Both barrels, then. Then. Lawrence, oh, you're on uh, mute. What, what's your view of the season then, mate? On mute yourself, mate, again. Lawrence, you'll have to Good. unmute yourself first, mate. Lawrence. Lawrence. Hello. You, you're muted, mate. We can't hear you. Can you? Sorry, mate. Yeah, we can hear you no, now. Oh, no, can you, you hear me? Can you? Can... Yes. Don't talk... yes. Yeah. Don't touch anything, Lawrence. Don't touch anything. Okay, okay. <laughs> I'm not touching anything. Uh, <laughs> all right. Yeah, poor, poor season. We 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 had the advantage of no uh, European football this season, no Thursday night football, and we still blew it. We gave it to Tottenham on a plate, and I just don't see how we're going to progress under Arteta. You know, okay. uh, he's made, a, made some major mistakes. Lawrence, ask you a question. You you mentioned a point there, which I, I agree with that to a certain degree, yeah. in the sense that coming behind Tottenham has made it very, very painful. If that was Chelsea, Man City, um, another side, would we really be, have been that banana, uh, that, that um, uh, bothered <laughs> and gone bananas about stuff? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it would still hurt if it was an, any other team. But the fact that it's Tottenham, our arch rivals, you know, I just, I just can't 
get my head around that, you know. I mean, we, we were nine points clear of Tottenham at one stage this season, and we had it in our hands, and we blew it. Um, I look at those three games against Palace, Brighton, and Southampton that cost us, because had we got points out of those games, we'd have sewn up that fourth spot. Yeah, I, I, to be honest, there are a few games that stand out. Um, the Everton away, the Man United away and Brighton at home uh, in particular, the ones that stick out, uh, stick out to me. Um, Mikel Arteta signed a contract now for another two years. I know it's not something that you particularly want to hear, um, but we have got this guy. Uh, if we look at some of um, his, uh, like his um, points per average points per game, he started off with 1.6 in 2020, uh, 21 uh, season, it was 1.6 and then 1.8. So there is improvement. We need to get to an average of two points per game to try and get to the top four. So do you not see progress at all? No, I don't, because basically under the last two managers, we finished in fifth spot. Okay. Arteta came in. Finished eighth in his first season, finished eighth again the next season, and he's finished. We finished fifth. So, you know, we're back to when we were with uh, Wenger and Emery. So I don't see any progression. See, this is why I love this podcast. This is why I like um, talking to people. This is why we we have the atmosphere like we talk down the pub because we've all got different opinions. And I know my opinion and your opinion don't align. I don't think uh, I don't think Trevor is of, of the same view. Trev, do you see it like Lawrence does? You're on mute now, mate. I'm I'm here now. I, yeah, I, I welcome everybody's views, and I've got no problem with Lawrence's view, right? And I'll debate those views. When I, when I'll knock it on the when people start to get abusive, you know. But Lawrence has got Lawrence has got his views, and he's got a point. I don't necessarily agree with all of them. I mean, what what baffles me most about the season is that our, our performances have been either rubbish or superb, and I can't put a reason on it. You know, how do we lose to Southampton and Brighton and Crystal Palace and then go out three games after and beat Chelsea, Man United and and and, and uh, West Ham? I, I don't I don't get the ups and the downs. When we have you can see progress when we have had very good days and it it, it, it worries you what makes them have that massive drop off like we had against um Newcastle and, and Tottenham. So it's a consistency for me that's 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 the issue. But the way I look at it, and, and these boys won't agree, oh, right. and we get, but we're getting everybody's opinions, is that at the start of the season, I hope we get top six, right? After the first three games of the season, I thought, don't let us get relegated. Joke, 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 joke. Right? And then halfway through the season, you're thinking, fourth's in the bag here. Yeah? We've got fourth in the bag. We're really going all right. And then we have a bad period again, and you can't make you can't make out why. And, and we end up, we don't meet our expectations from the middle of the season, but we do meet our expectations from the start of the season when the season's over. So for me, the two, the, there's two things I look at. I hope that the, the football club was being honest with us when they said there was no one available in January that would improve us. I hope they're being honest with us. I'm not saying they are. I hope they are. You know, and... And... and so this summer, it will be massive for me. And 
And my views might well change towards towards the Arsenal management team if we don't have a good summer and we don't really look like we're going places next season. And I will say that. I'll come out and say it because we're all here to say what we think, you know, what's on our mind. And, and nobody could have predicted the drop-off in Alabama, Yang, and the drop-off of the little bit we got from Lacazette. I mean, we haven't scored enough goals. It's simple as that, right? If you said to me we can buy two players this summer... yeah. I hope we buy more, by the way. I hope we buy more. If, we, if you said to me we can buy two players this summer, it's two strikers all day long. Because Eddie, Eddie ran his socks off Lawrence on Monday night. I was proud of him. But I don't really know if he's that quite quite that top-level striker uh-huh. we need. You know? mm. so, Lawrence, thank you. Thank you for joining Lawrence, us. We really, really, really appreciate yeah, we, it. We, we have... Okay. And we got quite okay. a few people lined nice up. Nice meeting so you. We, we, we're done. You too, guys. You, hey, you too, mate. Uh, oh, it's me old mate. Bye. <laughs> Hi, lads. How you doing? Don't shout me, guys. Don't shout me, son. Don't am, I, am, me. I coming, am I coming through a bit too you're loud? You're live now. You, no, yeah, you're, you're nice good. and loud good. and clear. Uh, pleasure to be with you, lovely gentlemen, um, in a different way. You know, usually we're meeting up at half time outside Block 5. Or was it you Block know what, this 7 is, the this other is day? Some... When it, is block seven. It's much easier for me this way because I don't have to look up so high because you're so bloody tall. It's unreal. Oh, stop, <laughs> stop being silly, Fergus. Stop being silly. Kai, a question well, to you. Who, who do on. you see as your most improved player of the season? Um, I'd have to go with Emma Smith-Rowe, to be honest with you. I mean, look, when he was coming through the ranks, they always said, didn't he? Didn't they, sorry? They said that he always had that goal, that goal in him. Um that he uh, was quite prolific when he was in the uh, youth leagues. And we just hadn't seen it since he'd burst through to the uh, the first team. But it's it's happening, isn't it? He's, he's, he's got the skill of getting on the end of Arsenal moves. He, he finds his way to the edge of the box. He's got a good finish on him. And he's um, he won some points for us this year. And I, at the beginning of the season, I never thought that it, he, he could do it. And he, he's done it. So... At the end of the day, I think I'd give that accolade to him as the most improved player, to be honest with you. Ferg, 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 can mm-hmm. I come in, mate? Do you mind? Yeah, yeah. Firstly, I'm going to, Kai, what you said then is so right, mate. Smith Rowe seems to have this knack of finding a yard in a crowded area, doesn't he? You know? Well, I, I like Aaron Ramsey did. Yeah, exactly, exactly. But you see, Fergus has asked you a specific question there, mate. And I love your views. I love the way you talk. I love the way you debate things, right? You you are my kind of person to talk to because I know I'm going to talk and have some common sense. So, Fergus, it's only fair, right, that we say, come on, Kai, sum the season up, mate. Let's have your view. Go on. Um, well, I, I think after the first three games, you know how I felt. You know, I, I felt that it was really time to move on from the from the manager um, for obvious reasons. Three games, zero goals, bottom of the league. I think at that point, Tottenham were actually top of the league as well. Um, so, it, you know, I mean, it, it, yeah, well, it was looking like an absolute nightmare, wasn't it, after the first three yeah. games? But yeah. credit where it's due, the manager and everyone involved turned it around. Um, I think the first one we got was Norwich, was it? Was it Norwich at home with an Aubameyang winner? Oh God, I can't remember. Uh, quite, to be honest, yeah, mate. I think so. It's, it, it, we've we've ruined so many brain cells with all the alcohol. Yeah, we and then we season. went we went on a little run, didn't we? Three or four games where we we got the three points, and we looked all right. We looked bright. Um, Saka started scoring goals. Um, obviously, our attack was mainly playing off Lacazette at that time. 
in order to get the goals from Smithrow and um, Bakayo Saka. So they started to turn it around. They started to go up the table. And as the season went on, a gap started to open, didn't it? A gap yeah. started to open and we started to kind of ease our way into that gap. And I started to, to get more and more hope, to be honest with you, that maybe we could do something that we never believed was possible at the beginning of the season. And it looked very possible. And for our own efforts, and credit to us, for our own efforts, not anybody else's, we gave ourselves the opportunity. Obviously, that's not what happened. What happened was we ended up in a two-way fight towards the end with Tottenham. They sacked their manager. I remember the day that the rumours um, about their um, contacting Conte for the job came up again. I remember personally, I was very, very worried about that situation. Ars Arsenal fans on various forums told me, don't worry about that. There's nothing that he can do for them. It's Tottenham. I had different suspicions. And I think for very obvious reasons, to be honest with you, if you look at Conte's, um, if you look at his credentials and his CV, he, he, you know, not in Europe, Europe to one side. He, he hasn't had much success in Europe. But when it comes to league football, Conte is a very successful manager. And I don't even think that the, the Tottenham badge could ruin that to such a degree that he'd end up looking like a loser. Um, what happened was we had a um, we had a great opportunity. We had games in hand. Everything was looking bright. And then obviously we had that really bad set of games, as has been mentioned before by our previous guest, um, Brighton, Southampton and Crystal Palace. Now, the Crystal Palace match, I believe that that was one that you could just take. Everybody loses a match. It's happened to yeah, everybody. Yeah, I think we got, school, we got schooled in that game. Yeah, uh, it happened. It, it, that, yeah, yeah. I think, it the happens, Southampton right? one, I think we were unlucky. The Brighton one was the disappointing one for me, I think, in, in those, in those three Crystal games. The Crystal Palace game happens to the best teams in Europe. I've seen it happen to Real Madrid, Barcelona, the best Liverpool teams. It happens. But after that, that's when you really take account of the situation you're in and you say, look, lads, at the end of the day, we lost that match. If we don't win today against Brighton, don't lose the game. If we don't win today against Southampton, we don't lose the game. That's two extra points right there. Um, yep. And then we got some unexpected wins. Well, uh, look, listen, I wouldn't call the Man United game an unexpected win. They were absolute trash, weren't they, all season? But that yep. Chelsea match, I don't think anyone anyone was actually um, expecting that. And look, be honest, lads, we didn't just scrape Excuse that me. game. Excuse oh, me, I said we'd win. I said we'd win 1-0 because I didn't know where the goals were coming from, but I had a sneaky feeling. First game with a half-empty stadium. There's nobody here, there's nobody here, just like the old days, there's nobody here. I said we'd nick that, and Trev will remember me saying it, and then we go out and smash him 4-2. It was, it, the result was, outsta was outstanding, but I did feel we'd done it. Listen, Kai, before we let you go, Harry Simeu posted on um, Twitter uh, a couple of days ago, just before the game, uh, and it says, um, a win today sees Arsenal finish eight points more than last season. Uh, at least three places higher. Um, and he goes on a little bit more. Um, do you think that it, overall it has been an improvement this season? I think, I think the bar's quite low, Fergus, to be honest with you. To use that term improvement, obviously, you know, factually it is, isn't it? I mean, we finished eighth and now we finished fifth. 
But lads, look, before I go, yeah, please don't let me go about having my word and obviously the manager. Um, go on. We have to remember we're Arsenal Football Club, lads. Yeah. And that's not mean to say that we have a divine right to anything. We don't. Yeah. The, the titles we've won, the success we've had, we've done through hard work and quality by hiring the right people and having the right values. Right. Those values, I think we have to defend. We have to maintain those values. And defending those values means that fifth place is never a success for Arsenal Football Club. Nowhere near. And I don't think any club that considers itself a top club amongst Europe, and I challenge any of you guys to, to name me a football club that is an elite club that would consider fifth place to be any type of success. And that's fifth place you, without any trophies, mind you. You, you, you sent me that message. And I said there are several clubs in Germany, in France, in Italy who don't get. Um, uh, you asked me Europa League, not fifth place, but who would be targeting Europa League? And I said there's loads of clubs out there. I couldn't name them in particular, but there are other leagues where they only get one or two European spots. I think I think you'd, I think you'd struggle, Fergus. I really do. I think I think you'd uh, struggle to find elite clubs that would consider that. And just just before I go, I just wanted to say, listen. I personally, I don't know the guy. I think he's probably a great guy. I have nothing against Mikel Arteta personally. I just want the best football manager that Arsenal can get. And I don't think that's, that he's it. I really think in order to have won the things we've won in our history, especially recently, yeah, because obviously I understand Bertie Mee was um, a kit man or and wasn't one one of Europe's... He wasn't even a coach before he had the job, right? He wasn't Bertie even a, was a manager. Physio. He was a physio. He was a physio. I remember. But Arsene, I remember. Yeah but, yeah, but when Arsene Wenger got his foot in the door at Arsenal, obviously not before, when he got his foot in the door, I think we realised, lads, didn't we, in 97, 98, we've got one of the best managers on the block, haven't we? Yeah. And yeah. I think George Graham also proved that as well. We aren't going to spend as much money as Man City. We're not going to have the most riches in the world to spend on football players. But in order to get what we want to get, what we can do is get the best football manager that we could get. And we haven't done that. That's that's what I'm saying. We need an exceptional Kai, football go. manager. Kai, wait, go Ferg. On. Kai, don't go. Don't go, Kai. Don't go, Ferg. Because Kai's right, Ferg, right? There's evidence to say that Kai's right. Chelsea were playing awful under Frank Lampard. Tuchel come in and added a player maybe and they were flying, won the Champions League. Tottenham have turned right round under Conte, right? He's bought one or two players in January and he's turned them right round. So Kai's got a really valid point. I can't argue that. I won't, Kai. I respect that point, right? I can't argue that point. And there's no but. You're not getting a but from me. You're not getting a but from me because there's not a but. You can't argue against that. All I will say is that, from my perspective, Arteta's what we've got. And you just said it. We support our football club, right? If we don't bring in who we think we might this summer, then we've got to take a whole new look at it. Whole new look at it. But I still think the, this, this but isn't in response to you, Kai. This but is in response to what I said. I still think that Arteta is still clearing up the mess that we inherited from what went on before. And he's at his time now for me. This summer is, is key. What happens is what happens. But I can't argue your point, Kai. I respect your point, and you're right. He's right, Fergus. Kai's right. A, no, a better, you, know, listen, you know. Before I go, I just want to say one more That's the third time you've said that. That's the one third more time line, lads. One more, <laughs> one more line, lads, yeah? This is what I wanted to leave you with, yeah? Instead of going out there and getting the best manager that we could get as Arsenal Football Club, I sincerely believe 
that instead we have tried to manufacture one. That's what I wanted to leave you with. Right. Bye. Bye. Been a pleasure. Bye, lads. Have a great summer. Bye-bye. And I'm sure Take I'm care. sure we'll be in chat. See you later. See you next season. Bye bye. See you next season, Kai. All the best, mate. Bye bye. All the best. Take care, Kai. Steve, we've got yeah, uh, yeah. we've got you in the room. It, 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 big Steve. I'm still I'm still over nineteen stone. I'm still big Steve. I'll always I'm calling him little Steve now for the rest of the show. Hello, little Steve. How are you, mate? Not too bad, old man Trev. How are you doing? It's been Good. a while. It's been a bloody while, hasn't it? It's yes. been a long old season. So, what what so, have you made of the season? Um, I've I've enjoyed it. I've enjoyed it. There has been times where, yeah, you know, I think everybody's touched on it. There's been no that level of inconsistency. We talk about the three games that we that we got nothing from, but then uh, a point I was going to make. Or wanted to make on that that you know the the six game, the three we lost, the three we won, in one of the groups. I think it was the the away days one. We're, we're talking, you know, list of games. How many points do we expect from these? And most people said bare minimum nine. And we all thought, okay, well we won't pick anything up at Chelsea, Man United, West Ham. They're going to be the tough games. You know, we might get a point here or there, but you've got to win those first three. And we just did it in 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 reverse. So we came out of that. And we were like, right, well, we've won three games, we've lost three games. Now we've got to put, you know, the, the North London derby ha- happened and it's hugely disappointing. But the Newcastle game is obviously the crux. Um, but again, it comes down to where where were our expectations at the start of the season? And I think most people will agree back into Europe. And we didn't know whether that would be Champions League or Europa. None of us wanted Conference League. Um and and yeah, we we got there, and it is bitterly disappointing to have fallen short of what we could have actually got. But it's more than what a lot of us expected at the start, and the atmosphere, the way that the the, the team are with the fans now, there is that connection. Um, even you know, I think the North London Forever song absolutely epitomizes the change in uh, communication and relationship between the fan and the fans and the club. Um, so off the pitch and on the pitch, I think it's been a been a bloody good season. So one one question for you, Steve, because we do have uh, quite a few people backing up. Um, strengthen. Where do we strengthen? Pretty obvious. Yeah, very obvious. Up top, up, as, as, as Trev said, if we're going to make two signings this 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 summer, has to be two strikers. Um, and uh, you know, on the point of strengthening, obviously Jan um, again was very disappointing. But then you look around and and look at none of the other big teams really made any massive signings. Obviously Vlahovic went to Juventus. Um, I don't think we had a chance there. And and there's, there's, there's other options that, that could have come up. Ozzyman, um, who we're now apparently looking at, we could have gone all in for DCL, but at the time he wasn't performing, he was injured. Um, and my worry about, and my worry at the time was ending up with players like Mustafi, like Kalasinac, like Cedric, who okay, fair enough. At times this season has 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 stepped up and he's he's filled the role, um, filled the hole left by Tommy Asu early on. Um, and I, I think generally we've seen now that our squad players can can hack it more than what we thought before this season. I mean, me and you have always been fans of El Nenny, Fergus, um, yep. <laughs> and uh, we'll save that for another show. But um, I think our our squad players have have stepped up, but we still need 
because we're going to be in Europe, we're going to be wanting to go for domestic cups. We need even more depth. You know, I think we need another midfielder or two. I think we need definitely a couple of strikers, need another fullback, preferably one that can play both sides or, or, or just, you know, a, a left back. Or We need, we need some Steve. other options. Steve, you, you you could even be talking more than Ross, and that's saying something, honestly. Um, it has, <laughs> trying to fit it all in. Just trying to fit it all in. <laughs> it's short but brief. We will have you in over the summer. We're going to be doing lots yeah. of different things over the summer. Um, so we're going to try and uh, get in touch with more of the Arsenal community. We did the history last year. Uh, mm-hmm. This year we're working on with some Arsenal creatives to do stuff with the likes of Ruth Beck, North Banksy, um, and Charlie Shanks. So we're going to do something about all the different arts and some of the stuff that you got in the wall behind you and that's um, yeah. filling Trev's house left, right and centre. Um, Steve, thanks very much. Have a great summer. No worries. Thanks for too. joining. Later. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers, little Steve. See you, little Steve. Here he is. Uh, knock, knock. It's knock, knock. Uh, ben, <laughs> you'll have to tap unmute yourself because I muted you just by mistake. So you'll have to unmute yourself first on the screen. Trev, it's gone all right, isn't it? Is that it now? That's you. That's you. Um, according oh, to Gary not... Ward, uh, according to Gary Ward, uh, you're the uh, latest addition to the Raiders of the night. Any, anybody who is in Tommy Flynn's uh, on Saturday will have seen Ben on stage with his microphone doing his punk rocker impression and getting August. about 250 August. people going. If you say Raiders of the night once more, you and I'm coming down there and swearing you up. Right, it's on. Riders I, of the night. Riders, riders of the night. Uh, get it right, Fergus. I, me, listen, if I got it right, you'd think you're watching the wrong podcast. True. 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 So, Ben, your experience <laughs> of this, se- this season, um, you've come back to the bowl, as you called it. There was no atmosphere in the place. It's soulless. It's this, that and the other. Yet again, you and your the granddad of the army, uh, the Ashburton <laughs> army, have electrified that place some of the stuff that's been going on on twitter um has uh, uh with yourself and uh, some of your um uh, other friends on twitter got the, the the anthem going talk to us about that talk to us about that well talk to you about the anthem first or the ashburn army talk about where uh, you want both you, well, you go. okay then we'll start with yes uh i was 12 years of not going to the Emirates in total. 12 years and about four months, it turned out. Uh, atmosphere was a, a part of it. Obviously, you know the personal stuff as well. I was in Scotland for quite a few years as well. Um, but that wasn't the reason why I didn't go back. Uh, uh, the, the, the way the club was getting run down with contracts and uh, the personnel in the club, Wenger staying too long, uh, was an all... Um, key decisions into why I stayed away and like I say atmosphere was a big thing as well and uh, I, I obviously had connection with, with people and they were all telling me exactly the same thing it was soulless and um, it, it wasn't the place that we, we want it to be so um, I thought in the time I was away and obviously through lockdown and um, my distraction from uh, a few problems up, up, up north of the border that um, I Behind the scenes, I was going to um, try and do things and work with AA and um, put ideas across to them, put a few songs on Twitter and we'll go from there. So um, 
that was a kind of a start really and um like i say um twitter's obviously helped i'm i'm on there probably too much but um it's it's quite a nice distraction it's nice to I've met so many great people through Twitter and Twitter can be a vile place, but it's also had a lot of benefits too. And um, yeah, the ideas obviously go up on there or go up on um, certain Facebook groups or whatever. And um, yeah, so, but going on to AA, I think um, they've just grown and grown and and now they're finally getting the respect they deserve. Um, They're obviously quite a young group. There is a few older ones in there. Obviously, I'm the oldest probably, but um, they they, they are doing a great job and they're finally getting getting connection with the club as well, the the communication between them and um, the likes of Mark Brindle and um, a couple of others. And they finally got... um, given a block now where they all can actually be together as long as they order their tickets in by a certain date and get their application in and they can all get, get together. I mean, I mean, there was state, there was times at the start of the season where um, they, they was all scattered all over the place and then there was all jumping in front of people just to all stand together, which I was in there as well. And it was, it was a bit of carnage, but now they've actually been yeah, given. Man's, man- Man City away was they weren't they yeah weren't great at that I mean, I mean the away game away games but they'll probably that still might happen because they get their tickets through different sources um, here then everywhere but as as for the Emirates now they've they've got their own block and they they can get their own section and um, that that's probably why the atmosphere has grown particularly has the second part of the season anyway it's got bigger and, and better and. Um, it, it's brilliant in there. Honestly, I was in there again on on Sunday, and um, we we just showed the video. Can't... We just showed the video at the bit before you. I'm came moving. On. I'm moving my season ticket to block twenty six, mate. That's it. It's, it yeah, it's twenty five. They they were in twenty six. They're into twenty five now, but it's pretty much between twenty five and twenty six. They kind of work in in the two of them, but it's literally it's not just those two blocks now, and it's not just AA that's getting involved. It's literally a lot of people. Uh, and it's even older people that are going in there with their their kids and that, and they're all up on seats, and, and the kids are getting involved. And it's it literally Sunday proved it was literally the whole end. You see, and, ben, and it was brilliant. Ben, not not London forever for me has topped it off this because it's come right at the end of the season. Sorry, folks, it's topped it off for me. North London forever in that we can all relate to that. We can all get behind that, and we all know the words. And it's. It's not offending anybody. It's just it's just a catchy little thing, and it's lifted the stadium. Like it, on again on against Everton on Sunday, it was just oh wonderful to stand there and listen to it and belt it out. And I had a couple of mates that were watching on streams the game, and they they said, "Jesus, what was that before the game?" You know, and it, it is something. I know it says North London forever, but when you listen to the words of the song, right? It's anyone from anywhere can relate to that because you could put in the name of any place in that song. You could say South London, you could say Newcastle, you could say Cardiff, you could say anywhere. And, and, and the words he's singing probably relate very much to how their areas have changed as well, you know, and, and what's happened and, and how we are as local people. So it's brilliant. I'm over the moon with it and uh, long may it go on, mate. I mean, I'll, I'll talk about the anthem. Obviously, you know how it come across. Uh, a couple of people um, obviously tried to push me along to get it out there. And, and it was a case of uh, a lot of uh, the phone going red hot for a few days. And, 
uh, getting a good feedback, but I'll not take full credit. But I did put obviously a, a big tweet out, and it obviously just developed and developed, and and I'm so glad I did in the end. Um, uh, I mean, it's an anthem we have been crying out for for well years, really, and I know it turned out to be only the back end of the season, but the last two home games have just proved that. I mean, particularly Sunday, everybody knows the words now, and. Um, and keeping the original lyrics was definitely the way to go. Don't change any words in, and like like Trev said, the the whole song is just brilliant. Not just the not yeah, just the song, the whole album's so good as well. I love it. Yesterday, my wife uh, came along and said, "Oh, what's up with the weather? North London forever." <laughs> and she doesn't like football at all. And she went up bloody song. Because I'm singing it all the time. I'm humming it. I'm doing the LA, LA, LA. Ben, listen, it's been brilliant. We've got a few people who've been waiting quite a while. So I've got to move on, first of all, yeah, to that's Albert. Right. That's all Have right. a great hey. season. Ben, Keep yeah. watching watch out summer. for fire escape, son. Watch out <laughs> for fire escape. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, near one, I'm near one at my work, and it's just uh, I'm, I'm pretty, I don't, don't want to go near it. I really don't. <laughs> <laughs> See you later, mate. Thanks again. See you later, lads. Cheers Cheers later. Later. Bye. Bye. Take care, Ben. Bye, bye. Oh, Albert JTV, how are you? It's been a long know, time, lads. Good to see you. I miss you both, man, massively. The the youngest looking 40-year-old I'll know, <laughs> even younger than Ben. <laughs> how are you doing, mate? Uh, I'm I'm good, man. Fergus and Trevs, I'll, I'll be honest, man. I said about four or five weeks ago that whatever happens with Arsenal this season, I just I I personally want the season to be over. I think I think for most Arsenal fans wouldn't disagree that they just need a bit of a reset. It's been more than topsy turvy this season, um, for from for quite a long time than I can remember. If I'm being honest, Trev, do you want to do the questions? Uh, Albert, just it's just really this really should be a generalisation, Ferg. Albert, what was your expectations at the start, and how did you feel at the end? Did, did we did we reach it? Although what happened in the middle gives us highs and lows. What's your thoughts, mate? Um, my first initial, my sort of start of the season, I didn't think Arsenal would get top four. Um, European football was always a possibility, uh, more so for the fact that we was out of Europe in the first place. So um, less football to play. Um, my overriding thought of the season is a missed opportunity. You know, four points ahead, three games to go. Even with a defeat at Tottenham, it was still in our hands, but I mean, that performance, particularly against Newcastle in the second half for me, I think that carried probably through to a lot of Arsenal fans even coming into the game on Sunday. Because, um, yeah, we won 5-1, but, you know, the grand scheme of things, I think the the result against Newcastle just kicked the stuffing out of us as fans, to be honest with you. So for me, Trevs, it was a missed opportunity, to be honest. Yeah. It, it certainly looked that way, didn't it, halfway through the season. So, sorry, Ferg, I'll, I'll ask one more, then I'll, then I'll move out of the way, mate. What, because I can't work it out, right? The only thing I can think of is they were shattered. What made us put in such a poor performance at Newcastle, Albert? What was it? What do you think drove that? Uh, you know what? It's, it's a great question, and, I, and, I, and I'm not really, really sure, Trev, to be honest with you. It's been spoken about, on, with the guests before and probably throughout the season in terms of, it's been my issue for a few years of Arsenal in terms of the goals scored. I mean, if you look at look at the Premier League seasons over the last five years, we are down on goals scored. Obviously, it's part of this season where we're up a little bit on last season, but 
not really a lot. But but Trez and Ferguson, I think the thing that I kind of look at, there's loads of things, but and this is no disrespect to the likes of Saka and ESR and Martinelli, obviously who come from Brazil and Eddie, but how have Arsenal in a position where you're going into a season trying to get to the higher echelons back in the top four and you've got academy players leading your front line? I don't know any other top club that would operate like that. that a top that... club that's uh, skint, basically, I think. Uh, and I think COVID and some poor contract signs, signings like the Ozil and Aubameyang contracts, legacy contracts. And I think that's what we paid the price for this this time. Final question for you, Albert, is um, expectations for next season and beyond. What, what, what's, what's your minimum expectation? Wow. I know we haven't seen transfers. We haven't mm, seen who's been bought. Yeah, yeah. But what are you seeing that Mikel Arteta and the Arsenal Football Club should be doing for next season? And then we'll go to our next guest after that. Yeah. Firstly, Fred, I'm 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 concerned going into next season. To be honest, not just for Arsenal, but for Mikel Arteta, um, just because of the missed opportunity this season. But uh, my expectations, it's tough. If I'm going to talk about in terms of players coming in, Fergs, I'm just going to give four names who I'd like to see come in personally: um, Jesus, Tammy Abraham's, Tielemans, and go and get me James Justin from Leicester. And I, then I might break out into a smile. <laughs> You're always smiling. Yeah, yeah, I'll try, <laughs> try. So, you see, the thing is, right, I, I think that Arteta has been given something that, that Emery didn't have. And maybe, I don't know for sure, we don't know, right. but maybe even Wenger didn't have at, at the end of his tenure. In Arteta, I think, has been, he's being allowed to choose who he wants to bring in. I know for I know that Emery wasn't. That's the, that's well known. And I think probably towards the end Wenger wasn't. So Arteta next season stands alone with the players we start the season with. We start the season with with his players. He's had three over three years tenure, yeah. and so I'm hoping to see to see a, 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 an Arteta side that plays really well and, and get the expectations for next year have got to be top four minimum minimum. As Gary says, sorry, as Gary says, you can go via the Europa League, win the Europa League, and you get in. Sorry, go on, Albert. Before we before you kick me off, Fergs or Trevs, but, um, <laughs> I, I, you know what I think it is, and this might sound a bit harsh, but I think for me this season in particular, with not being in Europe and being dumped out of both domestic cup competitions, for me, it's it's pretty much shown that our best way back into Champions League is not via the league. Yeah. Which is Gary's point. I hope you're wrong, my son. Yes, I do. Just, Ferg, what, God. you know, we've had some great guests tonight, but uh, Albert, you know, stuck with us. He's, he, I know you've had some tough times over the last couple of no, years, Albert, it. and hopefully we've lifted you, mate, and you certainly lift me when you come on, mate. It's a pleasure to talk to you, mate, and next season we'll see you again and we'll go again, mate. 100%. Much love to you guys, man. Love your, love your podcast. Um, love the guys you get on them. And I'm proud to be part of it, to be honest with you. So thank you. You're more, you're more than welcome. And you can check out Albert J TV. Uh, you're on Lee Judges and same old Arsenal and a few other different... Uh, <laughs> every, yeah. Uh, yeah, you turn into a podcast tour, aren't you? Have a lovely summer. <laughs> you too. See you soon, guys. Take care. Cheers, mate. Right. Take care, all, the, all, all the way from the uh, metropolis that is Peterborough, Posh Gunner. Dale, how are you? Welcome to the show. Sorry for keeping you there. You've been sitting there for about 45 minutes. Wait, come on. <laughs> it's a good job I was on mute. I had the kids and the wife in the background, but they know the score. Ter 
That's how old right, you mate. thought they were. But, how um, are you? It, it's, it's good coming on uh, quite late in the show, to be honest, guys, because quite a bit of uh, had to listen to and digest, really. And I think there's some good points now. I actually found myself agreeing with Kai as well for a change, so that was interesting. But um, it, it's, it's weird when you speak to him. You do agree with a lot of what he says. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I think just a, a few key points for me, really. I think Kai, when he said we we're actually trying to manufacture a manager, I, I actually agree with what he's saying. I mean, I think this season coming up um, is it, it's it's D Day as such for Arteta. He's uh, as Trev touched on before. He's had to to to. Re- pair the cracks we've had from previous seasons and uh, and some previous poor signings it's nice to see the the outgoings we've seen and I'm hoping a few more follow in the summer as well I think this season upcoming is is incredibly important and it will shape the not just Arteta but Arsenal Football Club for the foreseeable um if our, if Arteta does the business if his signings come good then 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 who knows maybe it is the start of something good and maybe we have manufactured a, a good manager but um only time will tell. I think, um, yeah, it's a tough one. I mean, again, Steve, I think Steve hit the nail on the head as well. I think personally, it's been a good season. Um, yes, it's been frustrating at times and it's a tough one. Um, for those that follow me on Twitter, I put a post up a while back. I said, uh, it is frustrating. But if you'd have said at the start of the season with one game to go, we'd be fighting for top four. Um, you'd, have, you'd have took that all day that. long. You'd have took yeah, that all that. day long. But the problem is expectations did change. It, did, did, did they change for the good? Yeah, of course they did. But that's down to overachieving. Not overachieving as Arsenal Football Club, but overachieving as this season's expectations. And yes, we should have got there. Yes, it was in our own hands. I mean, t- to be honest, when you look at the points we dropped this season, it, it's shocking. It's absolutely shocking. Some of the games, some of the results. And I think the end of the season kind of sums that up really, like, nicely, really. It's that Newcastle game. I've got absolutely no idea what happened there. I don't think anybody can kind of uh, uh, explain what happened. One thing I did notice, the big thing about the Newcastle game was um, their atmosphere. That's the that's uh, that's the best atmosphere I've seen at St. James's Park in a long time. And I, I think you were there, weren't you, Trev? I mean, how, how was it for, uh, for from an away fan's perspective? You're on mute, mate. Dale, I was just going to say, were you there, mate? Because you've hit the nail on the head again. The atmosphere, the... the it was their last home game of the season and they have people in to prepare the ground. They put all these flags on seats and on all this stuff all around the ground and they boom the music out. And then Geordies, you see, they love their football. Yeah. They love their football. They've had nothing to cheer at Newcastle for donkey's years, apart from mediocrity. But by God, do they back them. Do they want them to win? Do they back them? The Arsenal fans were heard a bit, but we had absolutely no chance, if I'm honest. People might disagree, but we we tried, but we had absolutely no chance of making ourselves heard right at the back of that big stand. The Geordies were amazing. The Geordies were definitely, definitely worth a goal on Monday night. Definitely. Yeah. And, and just, truth just, be told, just so, hang on one, uh, Dan, just so Dan, uh, Daniel knows, uh, Daniel's the blind gooner. Um, Dan, you're in the studio, you're on the screen, so just let, we'll speak to Dale and then we'll come to you in a few minutes, all right? Yeah, yeah no problem. I, I wasn't there, unfortunately, okay. Trev, but... Um, uh, the, the, you could see, you could see, you could feel the atmosphere on TV, and the, the the reason I say that is because for the first time in a long time, you couldn't hear the Arsenal away fans, and that has been one of the positives for me this season. Both the atmosphere home and away, um, the fans have been incredible, especially away from home. So for them not to be able to really be heard above the Geordies, it says something about what was pumping out from the Geordie side, really. Yeah, mm. it was. What was it, your favourite game this season, then, Dale? 
Uh, tough one to call. Um, I'd possibly say it was quite nice beating Wolves two times in one week, uh, just because obviously we, we celebrated like we won the league. And as we found out this season, only uh, only Arsenal fans are not allowed to celebrate. <laughs> it's uh, <laughs> when we celebrate, it, it's it's a terrible thing. But when everyone else does, it's it's acceptable. Um, it's always nice to to beat United, especially when they have the chances they had at the Emirates. Um, I thought that was a great day. Um, yeah, overall, I think it's been a good season. It's hard to pick out a particular um, game, to be honest, because it has been such an up-and-down up season. I think from a, the other side of the coin, the biggest disappointment, though, is when you look at the, the, the goals scored. Oh, what's that then? There we go. Um, the, the goals scored, I mean, look how strikers combined. I think they've got eight league goals combined. That is absolutely shocking. I think the bottom of the league clubs, their strikers got that on their own. You look at the likes of Timo Pukki and that, they weren't far off. So, I'm pretty much agreeing with everybody, really. I'd love to see two strikers come in this summer. I think we've got the, 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 the backbone for a solid squad going forward. And I'm excited for next year. I'm excited. Um. Ross, uh, sorry, um, somebody just put something in the chat. Um, Dale, um, who who finally is your most improved player? Then we'll go to Daniel. Uh, most improved player? Um, I'd probably have to... I don't know. It's a, it's a tough one. I wouldn't say most improved because we all knew the quality he had. But for me, someone that's really stood up and been counted this season um, is improved on the quality we already saw last season was Saka. Uh, at such a young age for him to carry the team which he has done at times um, and, and really kind of get stuck in and lead from the front at such a young age I think that's that's it's incredible I think the future's bright for him my concern is we need to match his ambitions so um, Saka Smith Rowe Martinelli um, I think the, the, the three of them have been absolutely fantastic and uh, yeah again just looking forward to next season really I'd, I'd add somebody to that list, particularly from January onwards, uh, the man who nobody really wants to talk about. I'm, El Nene. I'm not a huge fan. Uh, well, El Nene, yeah, he was in latter end. But Granite Shaka, I thought Granite Shaka had, has had a good game and, uh, and, and Odegaard in the, in the latter half. Yeah, of the can I just add one piece about Xhaka before, uh, before yeah. we hand over? Yeah. I mean, Xhaka, I mean, he, he has his critics and he divides his fan base like no one I can remember for a long time. Um, one thing I will say is this, the first half of the season, I thought he was at times a liability. I really do. Um, but the second half, I agree. He really has kind of stood up and been counted. I think, though, I didn't agree. I agreed with what he said. I don't agree with him saying it uh, publicly at the end of the game um, when he called out his teammates saying about balls and things. I get it. I get it. And I completely agree with it. However, as one of the senior players, those conversations should be happening behind closed doors. Um especially when, at times, you're at fault like he has been this season. Yeah, no, yeah, I agree. You know, it, it, it does deserve to be said. It deserves to be said. Mate, have a wonderful summer. Uh, hopefully, we'll meet up for a beer uh, next Indeed, season. Indeed, yeah. I took a season ticket holiday this year, so I've been getting dribs and drabs as and when, but I'm back in the North back next year. Got my email through, so uh, look forward to meeting you guys again. That reminds me, I, you, I, I need to renew mine tonight. So, yeah, um, I will see you then. Thank you, Dale. Have a lovely summer. Love to all the family. Cheers, mate. Bye. Cheers, Dale. Fergus, just before we move on to Daniel, Daniel, we'll be with you in a second, mate. Every every guest we've had on has, has made some wonderful points, and, and Dale was spot on again there. I think the, the, the away performance of Wolves was a defining performance of our season, Fergus. A back to the wall, 1-0. One one something we've not been able to do for a long, long time. Drop down to 10 men 
and still hang on to a one nil win. It, it, that was an amazing point. And while we're on Xhaka, I've just got to say about Xhaka. Xhaka's had a season of two halves for me. We had the old Xhaka early in the season. It was a liability. It was probably more risk than reward when we played him. And suddenly, for me, it was like someone flicked a switch with him. Probably after about the Leeds away game, it just seems to have turned changed into a different Xhaka. Whether he's got a twin brother and they've brought him in, He's not putting his neck on the line so often. He's not taking so much risk. But we are reaping the reward of that because he's staying on the field and he's playing really, really well. Sorry, Daniel, I'll, I'll let you come. Fergus, over to you, mate. He, he does this all the time to me, Daniel. He just interrupts and he interferes and he says stuff and everything else. Good to see you. I haven't seen you for a few weeks. Um, hey, it's all and- good. <laughs> and you and your dog haven't 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 seen him because obviously we haven't met in the stadium. But it's good to see you, mate. Yeah. Um, it, what have you made of the season? And and pick up on what um, uh, Trev was saying there on Shaka. What's your thoughts on that? Seems quite funny that the time he starts to improve is when they talk about a betting scandal. But uh, listen, I wouldn't say anything like that. Behave yeah, yourself. This... <laughs> I'd like to say that that was Fergus's words, not Trevor's. Right, sorry. <laughs> I read it on this... Twitter somewhere. First and foremost, it's good. It's good to see you guys. Yeah, I've not. I wasn't able to get there on Sunday. My dogs had some few, a few health issues, so uh, I had to. Uh, I've not been out. Trips to London right now is uh, is not good for him, so I had to sit sit the last game out. Um, on the Jacka, on Jacka, I think. Look, first and foremost, I think he was absolutely well within his rights on Monday to come out and say what he said. After the game, you know, quite some time, where you know, for long periods with this Arsenal team, they when they put in bad performances, players have just come out and 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 done the whole PR thing of, oh well, we, we're gutted, we could have done better. And actually, he come out and took responsibility um, for 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 the first time. And actually, yes, sometimes you got to do it publicly because I look at it the way that. You know, he he was letting the fans know that that it wasn't a good performance, and actually that they got to take full responsibility for that. So I actually see, saw that as a good thing, and actually the young players can learn from that. Um, you know, you can use that as motivation. But if I'm being so- honest, lads, I, I can't see this season anything other than a missed opportunity. I've got I've got to be brutally honest here. I can't. Um, I, look, at the start of the season, we you know fifth finishing fifth would have been a good. Um, it would have been a good uh, you know good achievement. But as the season played out, and as as we became into that top four race, we we were four points clear. You know, we were four points clear. We were good enough to finish in the top four. The only reason we didn't finish in the top four is because of ourselves. And many a times this season, I've said that instead of worrying about the other teams, we've got to worry about ourselves because we still have a mistake in us. We still have a tendency to to slip up. I don't necessarily blame the young players for that. I blame the people in charge not see, not see it, foreseeing that. You know, not foreseeing that these young players, yes, they're good, they're up and coming, they're brilliant, they're playing out of their skins, but ultimately they're still young players. And you you need experience in there to guide you through however much 
you want to rely on the young players, however much you want to build a young team, you can't be naive to think that young players are good enough to get you through. You, you need to have the experience come into your team. So when we got to January and we didn't sign anybody, I saw that as a massive red flag. I was like, hold on a second. We've got one game a week. These young players, we're in a top four race because back then in January, we were in the top four race. We had it all to play for. Everyone could see that we needed a striker. Now, I, I didn't have a problem with letting Aubameyang go. I thought it was the right thing. But you can't let a player of his calibre go and not bring somebody in, even even if they just loan somebody till the end of the season. Yeah, alone would have been a really good shout. Yeah, really, alone really would have been shout. perfect, but they didn't. And we're sort of reaping the... Unfortunately, we're sort of, um, you know, we paid the price. We paid We paid the absolute price. And I don't actually think celebrating fifth is a good thing. I honestly don't. You know, you, you know what, Daniel? I, 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 I don't think we celebrated fifth. We celebrated, for me personally, and my personal thing, I celebrated having probably the most fantastic season that I've ever attended. Um, I, I managed to get to about 12 away games. Uh, I attended every home game I could, bar a couple where I was ill. Um, and the atmosphere, as we talked about earlier, with the Ashburton Army and Ben and everything else, has just built and built and built and has been immense. Now you travel all the way up with your dog from Exeter. You travel yeah. all the way over the all the way all over the country. Before we let you go, I want you to tell me what your um, your favourite game was and why this season. My favourite game. Uh, do you know what? It's got to be the the North London derby at home. You know, it's got to be. It's got to be the way that that game we saw the what the best of what these young players um, can can produce. When you look at the way Saka and Smithrow played and linked up in that game, it was amazing. And 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 we got a glimpse. I think it was probably that game where we got the first glimpse of what Mikel Arteta is trying to do. Um, in that game, I, I think up until that game, it was it's been pretty horrendous. You know, when we had the three defeats to Brentford, Man City, and Chelsea, and everybody we couldn't really see what he was trying to do. Um, and then we had, I think it was the the wins to uh, Norwich and Burnley, if I remember rightly. Um, and then we had the Tottenham game, and and actually that that Tottenham game is where we. The first time we actually put in a real good performance. Mm. Um, you know, I I I, I, I love I love a derby game and everything but, else. But do, do you know? I get what you're saying about the atmospheres this season, and I do I do take that on board. I do I do. However, the cynic in me, and I'm not. I, I know this is just, just this is just because I I've got really high standards for this football club. But the cynic in me, part of me is going, yes, it was a great. The, the atmospheres have been brilliant. But I also take into the consideration as well that we have been locked up for two years um, and True. we weren't able to go to games. So I do think partly that had something to do with it. Um, I think initially, I, I think initially, yes, bang on, you are you are correct. I think initially it was, but as the season has uh, has progressed and gone along, uh, COVID rules have relaxed uh, largely, and we're able to move around and do exactly what we wanted to do. I think um, that that type of disappeared but it already had built 
such a, a momentum within the stadium. And look, your, your match day experience is going to be different to, to ours. So the atmosphere yeah. is going to stand out uh, more markedly to you. Dan, thank you very uh, much for uh, joining us. Uh, yeah. You can't, you can't let these guests go without me, letting me have a word as well. Go on, go, you know, go, go. Be, go for be it. Be fair, man. I'm going to spit me dummy out in a minute, Fergus. Dan, Daniel, you two points I picked up from there, mate. And one's a cracker. One, one's something that we've not spoken about much. But it's, yeah. it's, it's really important in that we all, we all we can all accept that we could maybe couldn't sign permanently on a contract a quality striker in January. Maybe they weren't just available. But I do find it hard to swallow that there wasn't a quality striker that's maybe coming towards the end of his career or or a big lad that's proven himself somewhere that we couldn't have got in on loan for the last yeah. half of the season. You no, know, I agree. I, 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 I'd have loved to have seen that. You're right, exactly right. Do, do, do you know the other thing is? Do you know the other thing is, Trev, right? And and I've been thinking about this because last last week, I, you know, I, I'm not going to lie to you guys. I'm still disappointed. Like I, I, that that result at Newcastle hurt an absolute lot. But do, do yeah. you know what I was thinking? As 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 you know, when the dust settles and um, you know you get to sort of when the emotions of football sort of, you know, fade and you can think logically. I was thinking that I'm not surprised that these young players lacked belief when it mattered because if the people in charge and the people running the club lack belief, which it clear clearly in January they lacked belief by not bringing in somebody else to replace Aubameyang, how do you expect these young players to learn and and progress from that, you know? How do you expect these yeah. players to go on? You know, belief comes from the top, whether it comes from the manager. You know, let's not forget Arteta's learning on the job as well. These people that are running the club, they should be going, do you know what? We could have got top four here. We could, we could, there's a good chance we could get it. Let's bring in, you know, something to help these young players, something to help Mikel Arteta. Instead, they just sat on their proverbials doing nothing, and I, I, this is why I'm, I don't blame the young players for, for lacking a bit of belief towards the end because belief comes from the top, and you take guidance from the people above you, and that's the same for these players in Mikel Arteta. They take guidance from him, but it's the same for Mikel Arteta, who's also learning on the job. He takes guidance from Edu, and then Edu subsequently takes guidance from Vinay, and then all the way at the top to Josh Kroenke. You know, I've sat in board meetings this season with Josh Kroenke and, and Vinay and those guys. And I just, I just, I'm just baffled by the, the, the inexperience that is seeping through our football club. There's nobody there to really take the ball by the horns and go, come on, right. We could do this. And it needs somebody like that. Now, I, you make some great points, but I think some of the senior players, Bamiang that you mentioned, they haven't, they haven't, um, they, they they haven't stepped up to the plate. Hence, why they were moved on. Daniel, on the talk of moving on, I'm going to move you on because Johnny's been sitting there for a little while waiting as well. Um, thank you again for joining the show. Have a wonderful su summer and take care of that dog of yours. Yeah, no problem. Thanks, Fergus. Anytime. Look forward to seeing you at the Emirates next season. Look forward cheers, to Dan. It. Take cheers, care, mate. Cheers. Take, cheers. Take, take care, mate.
So we say the best for last. <laughs> the two it, shouldn't shouldn't it be? Hang on, let me move this. Shouldn't it be something like that? You're side by side normally, are yeah. you at football? So oh, it should yeah. be something like that. Usually something like that. Which way? Yeah. Which way? Is it? Yeah, I'm normally to your left, aren't I? Yeah, you are. You're normally on my yeah. left. Yeah, yeah. Oh, there we go. Johnny's back. Not just back on the podcast. He's back in the Emirates because he's had some time off this year, but he's been back the last couple of games. And it's been lovely to have him next to me, and uh, I'm I'm excited to talk to you, Johnny boy. I'm excited to talk to you. Just be, John, I, I want to. Berg, I want to throw something in here, right? Because yep. we've spoken a lot about that mob up the road, right, tonight. Um, there, and we've spoken a lot about our young players, yeah? And our, our older players, our, the, the older players we should have relied on, didn't come to the ball game, did they? So, But next season, their top strikers, are, I think, are going to be 29 and 30, respectively, right? Up the road. Age 29 and age 30, I think. And our young lads are still going to be developing. I think they've hit their peak this season. I think they've hit their peak. Uh, Conte or no Conte, they've, they'll be looking to, to see what they can do because them players are going to be on their way down very shortly and we're on the way up. So don't worry about it. Johnny Boy, come on. Tell me what. Tell me about this season, mate. Disappointed, happy, mediocre? Um, well, I, I thought when we had... Um three defeats against Brighton, Southampton and, and Crystal Palace. That was that was uh, the most disappointing part of the season for me. But I, I really thought that we could get top four. I, I was convinced before those three defeats we'd get top three. Um I was being very, very positive. You know, I was listening to all the all the even even Sky Sports were saying how good the crowd was at the Emirates and I was missing it so much. And I miss all you guys, and I miss being part of the crowd and singing and going home with no voice and being part of something. And I felt like I missed out on all of that because it seems like this season, the crowd and uh, and match going fan base, um, or as the uh, the the, um, the Americans like to call us, legacy fans, have become closer to the club and closer to we feel part of the club again. And like so many people have shouted for, we've got our club. We want our club back. I feel like we're 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 part of it now. We're we, how we should be. Johnny, asking you a question. Valued. Asking you a question. So the season ticket renewals came out the day after um, the uh, final day of the season. We've got uh, a few weeks to respond to them. Um, and there's a new rule brought in that if you mm. fail to attend or fail to have your seat occupied for 10 or more games. So that's just over 50% of um, the match games. You will not be offered the opportunity to renew. You are given the choice to stick it on uh, ticket transfer, donate to charity, I think is, a, is an option that's coming up, or sell it to friends or family. Do you think that's a good idea? And and do you support it from the club? Oh, yeah. It just, it just means those people that aren't bothered um, won't have a ticket anymore. I mean, if you're really bothered, you'll go onto the onto the admin page and you'll post it on Ticket Exchange. It takes five minutes, and it mm. gets gets a gets a fan who actually wants to be there there, and it, you know it fills those seats. I mean, my my seat. I've been close to the season. I've not been able to go, and I've made sure that we had a proper Arsenal fan in those seats. 
you know, just to make sure that, you know, we had the support there in, in the ground, not just it ended up in a tout's hands or anything like that. So yeah, it's no. good. It's a good move. It's a good move. And what's your expectations for next season then, Johnny? Progress. Always forward. Always forward. I see a lot He's of... He's a company a lot man, of, him, isn't he? <laughs> well, it's the thing. All you can do is put one foot in front of the other, whether it's in your own personal struggles or whether it's as a big conglomerate across the world. All you can do is make one foot in front of the other and, and try to make progress. And I think anybody you cannot see that this club, not just the team on the pitch, but the club itself, are actually trying to move forward and be more positive, really needs to give the road a wobble. Because we've got rid of the, the bad elements, the rotten apples, as people call it, the dead wood or whatever. And now we've, we've got a refreshed squad. I mean, you look at the, the, the record set for the, 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 the youngest team. Uh, we've set, I think it's eight out of the, uh, the top 10 records in Premier League history just this season. That is an amazing uh, idea that we could we got fifth. We could have got Champions League, and we got well, the youngest squad in the league uh, with the most inexperienced manager. And I think mm. all all the number years going to have done is give us more experience and allowed us to develop more and grow even tighter as a team. And now we we've got the chance to add to it, bring the right players in. Like January was a gamble. But they didn't want to bring just any old body in. They could have just brought anybody in that were, you know, a, a mercenary, and it could have. Like we've done in the past. Exactly, you, you King Calstrons and and the Suarezes and all them, and they. What did they bring to the table? Did they did they make the culture more positive? Did they add to the the cohesion of a young squad? No. So what we wanted was to bring in the right players and at the right time. And those were the, the, the summer signings, like Bahalovic, like um, Steve was saying earlier. He didn't want to come. He was our summer target. We wanted to bring it forward because we needed to. But at the end of the day, it's better to bring in the right person who's going to fit in with the team and fit the, fit the play way we want to play, not just bring on anybody. And finally, because uh, we've really overrun our normal hour sort of mark, but there were so many people that did want to uh, join in. Um, you watched from afar for most of the season. What's the the, the game you you enjoyed the most, and why? Um, it's between Brighton away, which was the last game I went to before my hiatus. It was one of the worst weather and worst games I've ever <laughs> been to, but it was away, and I was listening. Uh, me, me, and Trevor were there, and I was with all the all, all the usual faces, and everybody was singing. It was a lovely atmosphere in that concourse and we got some actually got some decent beer unlike the Camden Hell nonsense that we get at the concourse uh, and even though I was soaked all the way through to my bones I, I enjoyed part of being there and but my next one was was the Leeds game because it was my first game back after that uh, yeah. and uh, being back and you know getting a man hang off of, off of Trev and having a beer with the boys and coming down on the train and I had a bit of a teary moment on, on the underground and I was listening to North London forever and, uh, and I was like, I'm going back to the Arsenal. I'm going back to where my heart is and I can now be part of something more positive and it's got better even I mean, though I haven't true. been there. Yeah, yeah. 
He's all che- look. He's all crying. Trev, have you got anything that you'd like to ask off Johnny before you chuck yeah. your toys out of your pram about not being allowed to ask a question you've already asked to? <laughs> Johnny, it's, Johnny's just summed it up nicely. There, it's uh, it, it has been overall. If you if you look at it all, there's been lots of disappointments, but I think the the uh, the the good moments outweigh the bad. You know, and um, don't when when we clap. When I know I speak for for almost everybody in that stadium on Sunday, when we clapped for the lap of honour and when we cheered the fans off the pitch, uh, cheered the players off the pitch, and and we waited to see them again, we weren't you know we weren't celebrating mediocrity. We weren't we weren't celebrating getting fifth place in the league. We weren't clapping failures. We weren't clapping superstars. All we were doing was supporting the Arsenal Football Club. That's all we were doing. That's what we do. That's what we go for. We go to support the Arsenal. We moan and we groan and we cheer. But at the end of the day, we go to the ground and um, and we support the Arsenal Football Club, Fergus. And while Johnny's here, I've, I've, the Twitter today has been particularly vile at times with, with, with these keyboard warriors. There's never a photograph of them on their Twitter page. Um, and they've never got many followers. But some of the things they've called me personally today because I actually put on Twitter that I, I supported the Arsenal and I clapped the players off the field and I can't wait for next season and I'm over the moon with, with supporting my football club. I've had a block fest, you know, and, and those people, thankfully, Twitter's a great place most of the time, but thankfully, those people that go in that stadium, those people that go in that stadium every week to follow, every other week to follow our great club. They'll never let us down now. They'll never let us down. After this season, I think it has been, a, the fan base has changed this season at Arsenal forever. The Emirates has discovered itself. The Emirates has discovered itself, Fergus. It has indeed. It has indeed. Johnny's left us. Um, Johnny's internet has just dropped. Johnny, uh, if you can hear us, thank you very much for joining us. Have a great season, um, our summer. Enjoy it, and we will see you next season. Trev, I've enjoyed that. Yeah, mate, that's been one of the best ever. And we've had so many different views, different views, different points, people anti-Arteta, people loving Arteta, people anti the players, people loving the players. But what we've had is a proper, proper discussion. Nobody's fell out. We, we're all, we're all, we're all mates at the end of the day. Nobody's been called embarrassing. Nobody's been called a loser. And we've had a great laugh. And and I'm going to cut Fergus off for, off for one more second because we've had some wonderful feedback about our podcast this year. Right? We don't go seeking fame and fortune. We don't do anything to get false, false. People, you know, forced people looking at us. Um, we don't want to be heroes. We're just coming here to talk about the Arsenal, and 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 I love doing it because it's it's my passion. And but I wouldn't do it without Ferg. And this is the point I'm making, right? And he don't know I'm going to say this. Fergus absolutely runs his podcast. All I do is come on here every week and talk a load of rubbish, right? Fergus controls it. He sets it up. He looks after me. And one of the most important things about the Emirates is that you've got great friends at the Emirates and every season you make more friends. And every season, the friends you've already got, those friendships are cemented and they grow. 
And at this season, my friendship with Fergus has grown and it's cemented. And on this podcast, I just love it the bits. And this is not me. This this podcast isn't me. I just chat like this, talk a lot of rubbish. Fergus does all this. And Fergus, I for one am grateful, mate. Thank you very much, my friend. I Don't said cry. To you, <laughs> no, I said to you and I said to uh, to your wife um, and my wife that uh, not only gone to all the away games and everything else, the friendship that we've grown, which mostly built up in lockdown and just prior to, to, to COVID this year has been absolutely fantastic. Um, some people have said that they're looking forward to seeing us next season. We will be back next season, but throughout the summer, we do intend on doing some uh, other types of podcasts. We did it last year with the Arsenal History podcast. Um, it's in on our YouTube channel. Um, check it out. There's some really good and interesting stuff uh, on there. Um, we will be doing so- something with Ruth Beck next Tuesday at 7.30. She's sent me a huge email with loads of different um, pictures and articles and stuff that she wants to talk about. So we're going to talk about how she came from from Highbury, the Highbury Quadrant, and uh, and uh, how she'd become like this sweetheart of, of Arsenal on doing her wonderful art and uh, how um, Trevor pays her mortgage by uh, spending so much money every month and his wife, <laughs> his wife's getting jealous. But we will, we, will, we will talk about that. Look, before we go, Trevor, thanks very much. Uh, I will speak to you. You know that. Um, but have a great summer and I'm just going to play this before we go. Doesn't it? Gives, it doesn't does, it yeah. Gives, you talk, because I can't. You talk, every time. I can't. I oh. Trev, my voice is gone. It's screwed <laughs> since Sunday. <laughs> hey, up the arse. Up the arse. <laughs> Love you all. Come on, you gunners. <laughs> You've been listening to Guns and Yellow Ribbons. And Listening to Guns and Yellow Ribbons, an Arsenal podcast by Arsenal fans for Arsenal fans. Follow us on Facebook at Guns and Yellow Ribbons and Twitter at Guns and Ribbons. And remember to rate and review us too.
From the Cali to the cross And every shizzle in between Past the church The ones that could crack them And the off beyond the corner See the brasses from the brothel That pretends to be a stormer Watch the bedroom and the bookies See the winners and the losers Seeking solace from their sorrow In the local battle cruisers Through the madness in the market Where the face is turned to regard Hello, Babylon, Happy Mother Your eyes don't be like a geezer Double pie and mash and liquor Above a rose in the up chat Or watch retired gangsters bicker Every day an office chat the little fuckers causing trouble For the causes make you smile You meet your muckers for a couple Forget your troubles for a while From the full moon to the honey All the faces are the same Is the man I might be changing But the people still remain You ready? Live, this this might be cut out by YouTube later. Enjoy. We're gonna play it right for everyone. If you wanna hear it. That they thought they could erase Every time I hear the old school Talk about the good old days Or every time I watch the football And have a ruby with the lads See an oyster selling cobber Or a dealer shotting bags It's in the single mother's juggling A baby and a job In every single brother struggling But wind up in the dock It's in the roots and the foundations Still clinging to the land It's in the bricks that build the moorland and popcorn still stand It's in my family and my friends In every crime and every bend It's in the roots that we inherit When a generation ends It's in the ruins of your youth And the faces of your past Is the man I might be changing But the people Here we go, enjoy it oh. We are the Arsenal <laughs> summer everybody up the arsenal up the arsenal